0: Rabbi Weidman, for your kind words and for allowing me to come. I want to first thank my mother for being here. And what I share all belongs to her. So I feel funny. It's kind of strange to speak in front of your mother because you're taking and you're snacking from things you took and sharing with everybody, trying to give words to your own experiences and sharing it. So what I say, I hope I do a good job. I'll find out afterwards. <laughs> I thank my mother for being here. I want to thank the Gold Mishpacha for hosting, so graciously hosting. I want to thank the Kilsen Mishpacha. Randolph Kilsen is a friend of mine for 45 years. For a 27-year-old, it's not bad. And we're best friends for 45 years. We just resided to spend young together is electric, is the Kilsen family came to for uh, some of was otherworldly. I thank the Kilsen Mishpacha for hosting and all those involved and everybody for being here. It's a weekday night and everybody being here shows the topic, Chinoch, the raising of our families is something that's so precious to us. That alone is a statement before anything is discussed and learned and talked about, We've made a statement already to what's important, we're all busy people. And we've put a pause on our lives and come together to think about Chinach, a big statement has already been made. Once a year I'm in Revan Yisrael, usually somewhere in January, and we get together, hundreds of guys get together. It's a very intense Shabbos. We're together very short hours. We're together at most 72 hours, even a little shorter. And it's very intense, and we're hundreds of people. And on the plane, I'm always thinking about the meeting. We're getting together, and we're gathering. And picture yourself that you have a very short time with your family. You have 48 hours, and what what are you going to say to each child? Is each one going to feel the love that you have? How do you express the things you want to express? And there's a tremendous pressure. And you're thinking about what you're going to say, and you're left with only one choice. You make every cheshv every calculation. What should I say? How can I say it? And you're left with one choice and one choice only. Somebody I know was very, very close to Rav Nassim Finkel. They nodded shaykhahs to their own father. And Rabnasen Svi Finkel was his Rebbe and a father figure. And he was declaring, Rabnasen Svi Finkel was in America, was in Lakewood. And this person was declaring, Should I go see my Rebbe, Rabnasen Svi? And he was scared because it was thousands of people seeking his attention. And he was worried. He felt so close to Rabnasen Svi, it would be so painful if he would get shalom, shalom. Adnas Nassim was weak and sick, and it would be so painful if he wouldn't acknowledge and it wouldn't feel like what the relationship meant to him. And he declared, should I go visit, should I get on that line or not? Then he decided, how can he not see his Rebbe, and he got on the line. But picture Rav Svi Finkel's mind, this great tzaddik, and his pressure. What should he say? How should he say it? And there are times in your life where you only have one choice. And the only choice is to tap into something real. Is to say what you feel. Nothing else will work. Nothing else will work. It won't work. You could say this, say that. It's too powerful. You have too short. You have to tap into what you feel and say it. And then you'll have success. Tonight's topic of Chenach gives you only one choice. Any speaker speaks on Chenach. You can practice, prepare. You're coming to talk. There are topics that somebody can give you to speak on, and you can come and talk flowery and nice, and everyone will say, Hooray! Shvayach, wonderful. We'd have a very nice time. You could be funny and interesting, we could have a wonderful time. But the topic of chenach doesn't allow, we've all heard, you can't thunder here. You're not saying something new. You can't thunder. Chanoich l'narav, Darkman shakes their head. Every, we all gather to discuss a topic that's very real to us, very precious, our children. And you have no choice but to tell your own story. You have no choice but to tap into the only etzah, when you're thinking a speech like this, is to try to be authentic, is to try to tap into something real that you feel, that you've experienced, that's meaningful to you, and then you have hope that on this topic that we've heard all, thought a lot about and heard a lot about, that we can have an honest dialogue. The only aids is to be real. So I'm going to attempt, it's hard to stand up here. You have a mic in front of you. There are a lot of good people, we are special yidn, and it's difficult to share in an honest way, but that's what I want to try to do. I want to start before I share. This is just a passage that I was reading today that I want to share. Avram Avinu served <coughs> Hashem for decades' loyalty. And we have a certainty, we know we're right, None of us doubt that we have something real. We have a Torah. We have a Messiah. And all of us are very confident in what we have. Avram Avinu did not have a Messiah. His father was an Ovid Avodah Zarah. His community were idol worshippers. And for decades, he tapped into a service of Hashem that was his own unique service. In his own mind, he thought and had. He thought of tefillin, thought of tzitzis, created Shabbos, and for decades tapped into an Avodos Hashem, mocked and worse by his family, mocked and worse by his community. And after decades of such service, staunch loyalist to Hashem, he has a prophecy, and Hashem says to him, Schorcha harvin oid. Avram, I have news for you. Eternity is yours. I'm going to give you forever you're going to be rewarded. You nailed it. You're right. Your service of me was accurate. You're living the truth. Remarkable prophecy that Avram Avinu was told. The validation of somebody who was certain in the face of mockers. Of somebody who lived with a certainty of a service of Hashem that he discovered and created. And he's told, you nailed it. Your accurate, pinpoint accuracy is your service of me. Avram Avinu's response is, is wild. He certainly felt validated and certainly accepted forever. Avram Avinu, I have news. He was not told about Oyel Abba like we were. I have news. You will be eternally rewarded for your good deeds. And Avram Avinu responds to Hashem. I appreciate. I feel good about it. But Mati Noi He prayed for this. He prayed for us. He said, "I want a nation of Avram people with the DNA of Avram." He prayed for us said, I would forgo Eulam Havu. Whatever you give me, it's not what I want. He gets Eulam Havu and is certainly in my But he said, I want Klal Yisrael. I want children. I want loyalists to maintain what I have built. People will continue on in the ways of loyalty to Hashem. He for us. So it's deep in our bones. Our father, the starter, Avram Avinu, our father... He said that more than eternity, every person's desire for eternity, for relevance, for that which is important and meaningful, the deepest desire of us all, people have two deep desires, for connection and for purpose. The two deepest desires, deeper than any other desire of our life. And Hashem guaranteed him both. means both. A connection forever and purpose. And Hashem promised him both. And he said there's something I want deeper. I want Klal throat. And he davened for children. And we as children who we davened for think about raising our children. We think about those words They ring deep in us. The desire to be mechanich our children. It's deep and important to us. So, I want to share with you, I can only share a story, I want to share as follows. We have an amazing chevra, there's some mothers here, amazing mothers, we have an amazing group of guys in yeshiva. And I look at the guys who I'm close to, we play ball together, we enjoy each other, we respect each other. And I was gifted by my parents, by my mother, and my father, I was gifted Shabbos. Shabbos is precious by me. And I want them to have Shabbos so badly. I want them to feel it in their bones, Shabbos. I want them to have Shabbos. And I asked myself, how can I hand Shabbos? Practically, how can I give my friend Shabbos? I want him to have Shabbos. How do I give? How do you hand? Do you have a way? How do I package it? How do I hold it? How do I give Shabbos to somebody? And this is a practical question, relevant. I want to hand Shabbos to somebody. What states are tougher, lenient, more loving? How can I hand Shabbos to somebody? The gift, the precious gift that's called Shabbos. How do you hand it to somebody? How? It's a practical, relevant question. What's the trick? Chenoch, the gift called Shabbos Kodesh. You want to hand it to somebody. What's the Eitzel? And I've thought about this for a long, long time. I happen to love Kodesh. I love Kodesh. Perhaps, probably my favorite mitzvah in the entire Kodesh. Friday night kiddish is, is dazzling. And we have a minigan claudie, so I like it. A family all week. Each family member has their own journey, their own things, they're busy, and then the army gathers around the table. When you make Kiddush, the table is always set beautifully. Later in the Suddha, it's appropriate, the table's full of spills. That beautiful white, my wife is a beautiful white tablecloth. Looks stunning at the beginning of the Suda, very different later. And the beginning of the Suda the end is beautiful as well. And each one has its beauty. And at the beginning of the Suda, you make Kiddush. It's my favorite moment in Yeshiva. And I'm Zayich, I get to make Kiddush for Yeshiva. Kiddush is a precious mitzvah der Eisa, That once a week, we all acknowledge we have struggles. We each have our own stations. But a group of soldiers get together. And we all acknowledge Hashem is our creator. Us yidden, the Shayre Shabbos, the nation who's asked, who is Zaych at the Shabbos, and we make Kiddush precious. At Kiddush Friday night, we have a Minig Yisro. And the Minig Yisro is to say Vayachulu. We start Kiddush before, you don't need Vayachulu for Kiddush. Kiddush really begins later on. But we start Yoy Mashishi. Vayikholu ashmayim and we start kiddush on minute is and the minute the start vayikholu is based on the Gemara shabbes the Gemara Shabbos says that whoever says vayikholu and every Shmaya voretz we say vayikholu ashmayim voretz and whoever says vayikholu is a short of passion by my gracious you partner up with god in creation of the world if you acknowledge that as Hashem, and a profound way you're saying that it's possible to be close to Hashem, and that's a Yid's job, and the Yid says Vayichulu is a partner in the whole creation of the world. Because the purpose of the world is for a human being to connect to His Creator. If you say Vayichulu, you're a partner in the whole creation of the world. And as such, Friday night Shemad we say Vayichulu. Right after Shemad interestingly enough, we say Vayechulu again. We already said it in Shemad Esrei. Why do we say it again after Shemad We said it in, we're partnered Hashem right on Shabbos. We announce Hashem is the creator of the world. We say it again after Shemad Esrei, Taisa Simpsachim says, because twi- a couple of times a year, it could be up to three times a year, on Yom we don't say Vayichulu in Shemone Esrei. It's a Yam We don't want to miss one Friday night not saying Yahulu. So every Friday night we say Vayichulu after Shemone Esrei for those three weeks maximum. Some years it's zero times, but that could happen up to three Friday nights a year that we don't say Vayichulu in Shemone Esrei. So the whole year we say Vayichulu after Shemone Esrei to make sure not a week goes by that a doesn't say Vaychul. That's another reason the Torah brings that we want to say it as a tzibur. We said it privately in Shemad we want to say it together as a group. Vaychul HaShemayim, we're loyalists Hashem. We say it as a tzibur. And then the gid goes home and he tells it to his family. And he starts Kiddush and he says to his family, Vaychul HaShemayim v'aretz b'chol that's fascinating. I said it in shul already. And the answer is, I said it in shul, but I didn't tell my family yet. And then the question, I'm going to tell it to my family, so don't say it in shul. And the answer is that you can only tell it to your family after you experienced it yourself. Va'yichulu, experience it yourself. Plug in yourself in shul. Plug in, by HaShemai Yivaretz V'chol Plug in yourself and then tell your family. You can't say it to your family. You can't hand the gift of Shabbos unless you're plugged in yourself. I don't say when you're plugged in, you will automatically, and I say it could be frustrating. Because one can be plugged in and struggle and have a frustration. I'm not a pretend person. One can be very plugged in and still struggle to share what they're plugged into but what one cannot share what they're not plugged into. Plug in and then make an effort to share what they're attached to. We must say, Vayichulu, in our own pride, that plugging in to the comfort, Hashem is the Creator, to the acceptance of all the details of our life, Hashem is our Creator. Vayichulu, Hashemayim, Hashem is our Creator. Plug in to that reality, to that acceptance, to that comfort that Hashem is our Creator, plug in in your private shmonesrei, and then and only then could we say to our families, Yahula Hashemay Ivarets." Always fascinated in yeshiva, guys, are, shah shah. You say the words, Ya there is energy in the dining room. It's on fire, loud energy, and many people with many experiences. And many different feelings from good to difficult ones. And in a loud roaring dining room, I have to call out, my Hearts. I want to share something, thank you. I want to share something with the yeshiva. And the only way you can say you say it to the yeshiva if you said it in your private shmasser. Say it yourself first. Mean it, plug into it, and then you can share it. Shabbos Day Kiddush, a mitzvah to precious as well. And we say, Visham Ruh Yisrael es HaShabbos. I'm zayichet to say the Shabbos Day Kiddush many times. I have said it seven, eight times some weeks. There's a halacha. There's a halacha. If your yaits are ready, normally there's a rule in a mitzvah that any mitzvah that has a mirror that you have to express, Shoymei Ya'koinah. If you hear it, it's like you said it. So people, you need to say Kiddush. If you listen, so it's like you said it, but one tonight. You have to hear from somebody who's of themselves. For guy <coughs> to say Kiddush, the guy by us has heard Kiddush many times. It's possible he could say it. He said, if Alan said, B'Sham Rubinei Yisraelis HaShabbos, nobody's Yitzah. Because he's not m'choyiv himself to say Kiddush. And there's one tonight, the Shenei HaKarina, you must hear from somebody who's M'choyiv themselves. So then the question becomes, I have made Kiddush in the morning at Kiddush. And there might be a guy or two who wasn't there in the morning. Or three. (laughs) (laughs) And that guy needs Kiddush. How am I making again? I was Yitz already. And he must hear from somebody who's still M'choyiv, who has an obligation in Kiddush. And I'll make a second time for that group comes and say again, B'Sham Es But in second, I was Yitz really. I'm not Mukhoy in Kiddush. And he is Yitz, Do you know why he's Yitz? I heard from somebody who's not Mukhoy, because I am still M'choyed as you are. And the rule of Kol Yisrael HaReibu Zelazeh, we have such a oneness and a responsibility for each other, if there's one yid who didn't yet hear kiddush, you still have a chiyuv in kiddush. That's halacha It's not a theory. That's not a nice machshava. Wow, that's inspired. That's a truth in halacha. You remain a bar chiyuvah. You remain obligated in kiddush. I was not yet, I did not fulfill my chiyuv yet. If there's one yid who didn't hear kiddush, I'm still mechayiv in kiddush. The Chiyuv was to make Kiddush, and we're responsible that every Yid hears Kiddush. This includes every mitzvah that's incumbent upon us. We remain a Bar that's why Yatza, Maitzi. If you were already Yatza, you could still be Maitzi, somebody else. You didn't fill in your Chiyuvah yet, another Yid didn't hear Kiddush yet. So I'm still a Bar So I can make it a second time, and then a third time, and then a fifth time. So the words of the Shabbos day Kiddush I've heard many times. And I started to notice the words. They're amazing. B'Sham throw Yisrael es Shabbos, Klal Yisrael, guard, keep the Shabbos. L'asois es To create that the Shabbos is kept for all our generations. The only way to have es to ensure that other generations that future generations keep Shabbos is visham rubnei Yisrael as Shabbos. Simple pshat na Hashem's words. Visham rubnei Yisrael as Shabbos. You yourself plug into Shabbos. Guard it. Appreciate it. Let it be meaningful to you. Visham rubnei Yisrael as Shabbos. And only then do we have hope. Lasei sa Shabbos edareisam. Could we hope to impact, to inspire, to share that which we plug into. I want to tell you a story. I want to tell you a story. There's a bacher who had Amuna questions for months. We spoke for hours. Deep, a deep, sophisticated guy in a lot of pain with deep questions. We spoke for hours and hours, and we were both stuck. We couldn't unsuck. He was stuck. We were just stuck. Hours and hours. Came this past Yom Kippur. And this Bacher, he's a lawyer Yid, he fasted Yom Kippur. He's a lawyer Yid, he's not eating on Yom Kippur. He had no plans of prayer. And Muna questions, no, he had very little plans to do with Yom Kippur. He comes to shul for the first time by day at 3, 4 o'clock. And he says, okay, let me pray a little bit. I'm here, let me pray. And he starts praying. He gets to the ashamus, goes through he gets to the Ashamnus, and he's about, he's about to bang, done And he pauses, very sophisticated guy. And he bursts out crying like a baby, like a baby. And he starts saying to Hashem, I'm apologizing to you. I know you hide. I know you hide. I understand you hide. That's our job, to discover you. I understand that. But it's unfair how you hide from me. He starts saying his complaints to Hashem. And I'm apologizing to you, Hashem. I'm so angry. You hide from me more than most people I know. For one hour, he's bawling like a baby, angry at Hashem. For one hour. After an hour of crying, he says to Hashem that I want to be honest that I also push you away. And I want to say, I'm guilty. And he says, and describes, I push you away. He's a different person. Well, hold me way after Yom Kippur. He's a different person today. This guy didn't hear one tune of the Chazan. It wasn't a certain song was sung. He had no plans. Yom Kippur changed his life. Why? Because Yom Kippur is a fact. Yom Kippur is a true fact. I'm not talking about what you and I experience and know. I'm not talking how good the chasim is. Yom Kippur is called Lufnei Hashem. The same way, there's a Kodesh Hakadosh. There's a place that people go, and they're Lufnei Hashem. What do we mean? When we say Hashem's in the Beit Megdash? He's everywhere. Hashem is here. Hashem is there. Maloi What do we mean? He's in the base Hashem's everywhere. We mean in the Beis HaMikdash it's easier for a human being to experience Hashem. There Hashem is Mitzamzeh, and a Yid can feel it and experience it. That's a fact of Beis HaMikdash. Kodesh Kodesh, Kodesh is the most that a human being can experience Hashem. What the Kodesh HaKodesh is in place, the Yom Kippur is in time. Lufne Hashem. Lufne Hashem. Yom Kippur is a fact. It has nothing to do with what song if we hit the right note. If we create the right ambiance. It's a fact, Yom Kippur. This Bachar Lufnei Hashem was Zaychet to something because he was Lufnei Hashem. That's why. We could do a lot of things in Yeshiva Shabbos. We could add Gaga and all different things to try to create a nice Shabbos experience. I don't want to do that. I don't want to sell out Shabbos. I don't like when people pay youngsters to put on filling. I think they're selling out Yiddishkeit. Don't pay your youngster to keep Shabbos ever. Ever. Try to plug into a fact. Shabbos is based on Migdash, from Kippur's Koydash Shabbos is based on You're Lufnei Hashem. We can plug in. I don't say we always do. Shabbos is real, and then we try to be. We can plug in and experience Shabbos, Lufnei Hashem. A person, what happens, Shalashudis, is the easiest time. By Yedid Nefesh, Shalashudis, it feels, I don't care where you are, there's there's something in the air. If we sang the exact same Yedid Nefesh, it's a beautiful song. We had all the same singers, and all the same, the same gefiltefesh. You wouldn't experience it if you did it on Tuesday. There's a fact called Shabbos, like there's a fact called Beis Amigash. There's a medrash. The medrash tells us about a Yid, Yosef Meshisa. Yosef Meshisa was a Yid who was very, very rebellious. I'll describe how rebellious. When the Romans, destroyed the Beis HaMikdash, they captured the Beis HaMikdash, they wanted to disgrace us. The guy always wants, they want us to renounce. They want us to spit on Yiddishkeit. That's what the guy wants. They know you have something true and real. And our enemies, our enemies. They said, "Which yid will go in?" They knew we weren't allowed into the kodesh. They said, "Who is the yid who will enter the kodesh and take a keli and run out, and will let you keep the keli?" Disgrace, defile the holy place, the Beis Hamidosh. And Yisid Nishis is willing. He's a rebellious Jew. And Yisid Nishis says, "No problem. I'll go in." And he runs into the kodesh grabs the precious menaira and runs out. Quite rebellious. Quite a low place to be. He ran out with the menaira. The Romans see him holding a the maniara. They see this here, yeah, this rebellious Jew holding the maniara. And the Romans said, no way. That maniara, you're not taking that. That's gorgeous. That's a piece. And the Romans rip away the menaira from him. The Romans rip the menaira away from Yosef Meshisa. There was a Yid, Oscar Goldman, I think his name was, in Queens, who went to the Vatican and saw with his own eyes the Menera. He's written up about it. He had lived in Queens, a story for itself. My rebbe went to his house to speak to him about it. But the Romans ripped the Menorah from Yaisif Meshisa. And they said, no Yid's taking that. And they said to Yaisif Meshisa, we apologize. We need that. But you can go, please go back in and take a different cave. And Yaisa Meshisa said to the Romans, no chance. I've angered my creator once. I'm not angering him a second time. No way. No way. No way. I was rebelled. And the Romans, all of a sudden, the yid's being loyal, and a rebellious yid is being loyal. They said, Yid, go in there. We'll give you the taxes that Yerushalayim pays for one year, millions of dollars. Go in and take anything. We'll give you millions of dollars. I said, I'm not angering my Creator. No way. Two years' taxes, tens of millions of dollars. I'm not angering my Creator. Three years' tax is a billion dollars. Go in. Take anything. I'm not angering my Creator. And he died. He killed Yasef Meshesa. He died al Kiddush Hashem. Not to take a keli in the base Megdash. Ask the Panavich of what happened. This was a Yid, a rebellious Yid. I don't get it. And Chazal hadn't taught us anything. It, they just like a, a rebellious Yid in a minute became from, became a malach, the man for a billion dollars, rationalized, give half the sucker. And he wouldn't walk in. Dily enough, I angered my creator once. I'm never doing it again. And he was nifty. He gave up his life. What changed? And the Panavitch Rav said what changed is, is he walked into the Beis HaMikdash. It's the only thing we're aware of that happened. He walked in. And he walked out with the Menirah still and he walked into Rav. He walked in with bad intentions, but the Beis HaMikdash changed his life. He was in front of Hashem and it changed his life. That is the power of Shabbos. That is the power of Shabbos. Present an authentic Shabbos experience. Plug in ourselves and then we can hope to say to our family, Yisrael a Shabbos. Last If we plug in, we can hand. We could try to share a Shabbos. I don't say it's automatic. And it could be frustrating. We could be plugged in and still struggle to share. But our only hope to share is to plug in ourselves. I can only hand the Shabbos if I have the Shabbos. I can share. I could try to express. I could try to... Allow somebody in with me. If I'm entering, I can take somebody with me. Present and tap into Shabbos. <coughs> shul. we could have rules. We could tell our children they're halachis. Don't talk in shul. A shul is a place of care with Hashem, where we have opportunity. Hashem wants to hear us. He cares how we feel. He cares about our pain. He cares about our struggle. He he cares about our gratitude. Hashem wants to hear from us. He's interested in us. That is shul. Hashem is tapped into that. He wants to hear from me. He wants to hear. That is shul. A place Hashem wants to hear from me. Tap into that. From that place, we can share with our youth. From the place. This is the main, to me, the main thing that governs all, governs all the thoughts in Yeshiva, are this point. The Shabbos, somebody could study the Shabbos in Yeshiva. If anybody here and there are some people who have been there for Shabbos, Shabbos is unimaginable. In Yeshiva, it is electric. Four minutes away, there's a door of a bachar struggling on Shabbos. And the only thing we could do and our only thoughts is to have an authentic Shabbos experience. I'd rather bacher walks into five minutes of a Shabbos that Shabbos, and he's not even sure what he saw. He doesn't even know what he experienced, but there was a Shabbos going on. A Shabbos means people were plugged in to being close to Hashem. And what that means, a plugged in and feeling comfortable from that, feeling encouraged, feeling more accepting of our own challenges in life and the difficulties, if we can plug into that a little bit, a little bit, we can share that with the Bachar. A guy once said to me, one of the most fascinating conversations I had with the Bachar in Yeshiva, a guy once said that in our conversations you seem honest, English. You seem honest, we have good coming. He said, Rev, said you seem honest in our conversations. There's one thing I, I consider you a liar and I need to ask you this. You're a liar. He said, you speak how nice Shabbos is. I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know what you're talking about. You talk about Shabbos, magical. He said, I can't stand it. He's from today and loves Shabbos. He said, I can't stand it. I don't know what you're talking about. You're lying. You describe you can come to a gathering like this, talk about Shabbos and Yeshua. I don't know what you're talking about. So I asked him to describe the Shabbos. And let me describe that we have a daveni. He wasn't there. We have a shir before, before marriage, after Kabbalah Shabbos, he's not there. We dance, third Kabbalah Shabbos, he's not there. We start the Shabbat Suda, he's there. We just eat, everybody's liking each other. A massive room, here's Kiddush. And then we just eat. There's no different tire in those mirrors. And then he and many of his friends file out of the room. They leave the room. And then guys pull up their chairs and we sing. And share the great tire that he didn't hear and doesn't know about. Then we bench. The great tire is near as gorgeous. We bench. Then there's an Einig sushi. He comes back for the sushi with all his friends. They eat sushi and schmack, chicken, wonderful. And then he files out. And then after he leaves, we sing car-souf. We sing The great tire, different, but we share the great tire. Stunning. He knows nothing about it. Then they go to the dorms and the Doran Council serves a Cholent on every floor, a Cholent to serve, and he eats the Cholent. And he goes to sleep, and late at night, Rebbeim are talking to people, the great Torah is sharing, he's not there. Chakras, he's not there. Mosav, not there. Kiddush, the great Torah, Zmiris, not there. Bashir, not there, and he comes for the Suddashavs. He comes for the first half, again, he has Cholent, and and leaves, and the guys pull up their chairs. For this, bacher, I'd rather he experiences 10 minutes. He doesn't even know what he saw. He doesn't even know you're talking about magical. <laughs> We're exhausted, we've learned, we've sang, we've connected, we've bonded to each other and to something. And he just knows he ate Qobl. He's not even sure, when you talk about Shabbos, he you're lying, I don't know what you're talking about. He doesn't know what he experienced, not yet. And one day he'll spend five more minutes and when he's ready, he'll even sing a zemer or two. I need to look up what it means. But the best thing I could do is share Shabbos with him. It's the only thing I can do. Does it always work when you share it, when you plug in yourself? No. Nobody's pretend. But if we're not plugged in, we can't share. If we don't have a Shabbos, then we won't have a Shabbos. If we don't say vayichulu, then we don't go home and say, Then it's the din is to say vayichulu, then go home and say vayichulu, then go home and say vayichulu. So the first message I want to say to all of Yiddishkeit, we have a generation craving primus. It's not a generation that's settling. It's the tyrant. If you look at the tyrant, people are yearning, is they want to understand, they want to connect. They want it to be personal and important. It's not a generation saying, just know it, I don't just know do it, rough it out, and just... There's craving something, a connection to something. One of the big mekubalim set of Shat It says the generation of Mashiach chutzpah yaski. of the Mashiach, chutzpah is going to be prevalent. You ever wondered what that means? It's the footsteps of Mashiach chutzpah. Mashiach's a good thing, right? <laughs> Mashiach a very good thing. The footsteps of Mashiach, Ikfis of the Mashiach, means the footsteps. The footsteps is going to be chutzpah. Isn't chutzpah a bad thing? Chutzpah! We said to do it! What's wrong with you? M'chutzpah! You were told! Chutzpah is going to be prevalent. One of the great Mekubalim said that Mashiach's footsteps means Mashiach means truth. Mashiach means people are going to live with open revelation, you're going to know the truth. Chutzpah Yaski is going to be chutzpah because people are going to say, we're not settled, I need the real thing. And they're not going to be willing, just do it, and gut it out. And don't worry, this is what we do! There's going to be chutzpah. It's the footsteps of Mashiach. If that's not prophecy, I don't know what prophecy is. And what we have to do, and what I beg us all to do, in all aspects of Yiddish, I plug in ourselves. And my wife, I spoke what, what I want to share. She said, you're being very not fair. Chutzpah share is like a good trick, a quick eight sub. So. She said, you're sharing something that makes life more difficult. This is a test. I just say to us all, I, I have three messages. The other two will be a lot quicker. But the first message that I want to say to us all, the other two, it's ready nine o'clock, we'll rush. But the first message I want to say is let's plug in ourselves. The is a reality. The laws are true, every law we keep, but it's the recognition of a reality plugged into that reality. D'avrim, Yom Kippur, sukkah is the sukkah, the sukkah, the Tzvah says, it's a gemara the sukkah, it's k'tush It's it's b'china d'v'i samigdash. The sukkah is l'f'nei Hashem, the sh'pizim, Avram Yitzchak Yaakov, Livah Elum Abba, and they're taken to the sukkah, to every year sukkah, the is a big place. The laws, we could teach our kids, don't say, well, the don't. reflect and connect to the reality of what Sok is. Connect to the reality of what prayer is, that Hashem cares about our thoughts. Hashem wants our thank yous and blushes for our thank yous. Connect to the reality of Yiddishkeit. Shabbos, the only that I, I studied this, I, I thought about it, the only Aitzah. it's difficult, Every party wants to hand Shabbos. And I've concluded the only Eitzah is if I plug into Shabbos. There's no, there's no other Eitzah. It's difficult. And plugging in is difficult for ourselves. It's very difficult. The only Eitzahs plug in ourselves, whether we learn about it, whether we think thoughts of Shabbos, whether we sing to ourselves as mirrors of Shabbos, plug in, is the only Eitzah. It could be frustrating when we're plugged in, because I'm not guaranteeing that when we plug in, they'll for sure plug in. I'm not saying that. But the only etz to share Shabbos is to have Shabbos. And then we could ask, Come join in my Shabbos. It's an experience, sharing the experience, as best, and each one in our own way, but let's plug in ourselves. Say in your own Let's say it in our own shmeresre. Firmly. Let's say it strongly in our own shmeresre. And then we can share it. So that's the first message that I wanted to share tonight. I'm gonna to rush through the other two messages and go very, very fast because, because it's late. I want to paint. I like art. I'm not a very good artist in drawing. My mother is a tremendous artist and I have a pathetic handwriting. I think I was meant to be adaptive, that's the only thing I could include, but my handwriting is not good, I can't, I have a son, Baruch Hashem, was artistic, my wife's artistic, but I'm not, I don't draw a world. But everybody has their own form of art, I appreciate art a lot. I'm here tonight, I'm missing out, I'm thankful to be here, there's a music night in Yeshiva. When guys present tremendous artistic songs, all different forms of songs, they compose songs, and the winners get prizes. They're judges. As we speak, there's a music night going on. I like art a lot. Art is whenever we share... What's art? What does it mean to be a good artist? In artists, we all have our own perspective of life. We have our own... We're sitting here with a lot of different stories. You're not, we're not experiencing the same thing. Each of us is our own experience tonight. And art is the ability, I see what I see, and you see what you see. Art could be through a song, could be through a book, could be through a story, is the ability to share with you what I see. A good artist gives over my perspective to you, your perspective to me. Let me show you what I see. Art is incredible. If somebody could share what they see, You're just a richer person because now you have your experiences and somebody else's experience. That's a good artist. Can properly give over what they see. I would like to draw a picture right now. I want to turn off. This is art. I want to turn off. I'm not coming from intellect right now. I want to draw a picture. And Hashem knows I can't draw it very physically. So I'm going to draw a mental picture for you. And it's my second message in Chinuch that I want to share tonight. I want to draw a picture of what a father could be and what a mother could be. I would like to draw a picture for you. And this picture is a picture to aspire to. I admit it's not easy. I just want to draw, I want you to look at this painting and just think about this painting. And that's my second message is going to be this painting. I'll close with a third message very fast. The painting I want to picture to you is as follows. I happen to like sports a lot. I have a son. We're going to show off a little. My son is the starting point guard on the Woodbury team. He's a very good ball player, and he's very, very competitive. He wants to win. He's driven, as many boys, as many people are. He's very competitive. I wonder we he get this. He's very, very competitive. We're playing a playoff game. Our entire school is in this pack gym. There were, we, we play very, I, I love this, po- talk about poetry. I love the irony that the Waterbury Wolfpack plays, there's a 14 game schedule, every game is an away game. Hashem is smiling, there's something very poetic about it. That every game, every team in the league, roughly 30 teams has seven home games and seven away games, league rules Connecticut can join. We don't play in Connecticut. It has to do with government reasons, insurance, whatever, They don't go to Connecticut. So we play 14 road games, the only team in the whole league that doesn't have a home game. 14 road games, the road warriors. There's something poetic, having challenges that all our games are road games. It's very hard to play on the road. The gym is loud, a lot of fans screaming. It's hard. We go to a gym, a playoff game. We bus our whole school, this is our playoff game, we bus the school, we don't do it to regular game. We bus the school in, the bus gets lost and arrives late in the third quarter. By the fourth quarter, the guys have just come what, for a three and a half hour bus ride. There are 200 Waterbury guys from the yeshiva, about 50 alumni, be 100 alumni and parents, so about 300 range up from our yeshiva and 300 from the other school, it's a local school, and they're all in the gym. And the gym is loud. It's an extremely close, tight, tight game. My wife, who does not care about sports or follow sports, is watching. She is, like, just nervous for my son. I kid you not that a guy in the stands yelled something about my son or at my son, not no, unfortunately, I didn't know that the mom was sitting, like, a few feet in front of me. He screamed something. Wife well, turns around and says, that's my son. The guy's looking crying. The guy's machila, wonderful year. It was priceless. And we're at this game. The gym is, is loud, exciting, intense game. And there are five seconds left to the game. And a is down two points. And Hootie Kayla shoots a three-point shot. He has failed on the three-point shot, and he gets three free throws. And we're on the side of the basket of the other team. They have about 200, 300 guys, somewhere in that range, screaming like crazy, heckling, screaming, you should miss the free throw. My wife, does not follow sports, she's like shaking. I'm like, <laughs> till here is exactly what happened. He makes the first free throw, sinks it, and misses the second. Now he has one, he hits it, it goes to overtime, he misses, we lose. Till here is exactly just the truth of what was happening. Here is where I'm just painting a picture. That kid is about to shoot a free throw, and it matters in his world. All his friends have traveled far, have come late to the game, and they just don't want to lose. And he misses it. We lose the game. Hootie Kaelish missed the free throw. He hits it. He's a hero, the game's going to overtime. And he's at the free throw. Now picture picture at this point that he looks over to the bench, this is the painting, this did not happen, this is my painting. He looks over to me and we lock eyes and I shake my head. We lock eyes, we look at each other. He's nervous, he's scared. This is like intense. He plays a lot of golf. this playoff game and we just lock eyes, and, and I nod, and he nods. In that look, that's my painting to you of That look says to our children, you're good, you're good, you're wonderful, I believe in you, I know you can hit it, and if you miss it, I still know you're the greatest. That look, that he looks over and is validated, believed in, encouraged. That lack of the eyes made nod. I saw I was watching the last night of the year, some bacher shared their life story with the ishiva. It's not it's optional. The guy started it and the bacher spoke who had a story to tell and he needed to get it off his chest. He was shaking like a leaf. Two hundred guys are listening. It went for nine and a half hours. It's a life changing night and this bacher needed to tell his story he was shaking, he was struggled to speak, and the Red was looking, I saw it, from directly in front, locking eyes and nodding. I saw it, I saw it with my own eyes, it's not. That's the painting I wanna share with you. I wanna tell you about all our children, that we have many interactions and many things and things we want and don't want and all different things, but that painting, I wanna share that possibility of a mother That possibility of a father locking eyes with our our youth, our boys, our girls, looking at them, I believe in you, I know you, I love you, you're good. You're good enough, you're excellent, you're appreciated, you're valuable and precious, you're capable. You can hit it, and even if you don't, you're a wonderful person. That look is a picture, is a painting I wanted to draw as the second point I wanted to make the third thing I'm going to say very, very fast, I think it's an important point, and I want to say it fast. All of us want our kids not to be chutzpah. All of us want our kids not to curse, not to speak in appropriate ways. All of us want our, our children not to talk by that way, right? I think often, we don't get into touch what we really want. I have seen shuls – I'll bring out this point very fast – I have seen shuls that are silent, that are not good places to dominate. in. I've walked out of a I'm thinking of a minyan. I couldn't dominate. there. It was silent. It was, it, was not a, it was not a good place to play. It was quiet. Of course we want quiet in our shuls. We're not trying to kick out somebody who's ADHD or hyper. And we're not saying you should talk. We're saying that we wanted to begin a process of davening to Hashem. We could have silence in a shul, and a lot of people have been rejected and shut down and hurt. It's not silence we want, it's vibrancy of prayer. People like Hashem and nobody cares about our thoughts. Of course, as Allah, I like the quorum shul. But it's not silence we're shooting for. You can have a silent minion that's horrible. I asked the dorm counselors that I don't want cursing in the dorm. I said, I have seen environments that have no cursing and no expression either. You're not allowed to be angry. You're not allowed to be upset. So there could be no, nobody in our yeshiva, nobody in my family curses. I want that nobody feels like cursing. I curse clean language. My mother taught us to be so careful with language. But I want beautiful language. And often in striving, no chutzpah. Does anybody express in this home? We can have a home that's a model of no chutzpah. And nobody shares. Nobody's open. Nobody's comfortable. Is that what we want? To always keep in mind the bigger goal. The goal is not no chutzpah. The goal is closeness, that people feel loved and appreciated. Of course, they speak, they, they're respectful to their parents. they covered, of course. Keep in mind the goal. We, we, we get very confused when we forget the goal. I want their people, if you have a talker in your shul, please send him to my shul. I promise he's welcome by me, I promise you, he's welcome by me. He's not rejected, he's not rejected. He talks. Oh, come to me, send them to me, I beg you. I beg you, send them to me. A Rosh Hashiva called me in. He said, I heard this Chilul Shabbos, in your yeshiva. I heard, I want to ask you, he called me in. I heard this Chilul Shabbos by you. I said, do you think the same Vachar? You take and teach him Shabbos, and I teach him Chilul Shabbos. The guy you threw out to me, Michalul, comes to me and becomes from The goal, keep in mind what you want. Yeah, silence by davening. There are plenty of places silent by davening. We want people that pray by davening, that feel loved by Hashem. Always get to what you want. Always think deeply, what do I want? I'll tell you something funny. Anybody who prays has questions. The Wolfpack have a big game tomorrow night against one of the best teams, maybe the best team in the league. And I say to myself, should I ask my mom tonight to daven that the Wolfpack win? <laughs> I want them to feel like winners. So maybe I should ask my mom to daven they should win. I take that very seriously. Anybody who prays has questions like that. Should I in the Mets should win or there's no hope? I don't know. Should I in for this? Anybody who prays has questions. And, these are, and by the way, prayer is supposed to bring out these questions. When I daven to Hashem, let the wolf pack win, I said there's something here, one second. Let's say they win and the guys fight and don't feel like winners. Let's say they win and the guys don't become fromer, happier, healthier people. You don't want them to win, you want them to become healthier. You have a plan, through winning will help. Daven for what you want. Prayer brings out what you want. I say in our chenoch, we often get distracted, what I want. No chutzpah. No one, no chutzpah. No, that's not what I want. I want a kid to be open, of course. An attitude of respect. Respect is basic in yiddishkeit. We can lose focus. I want quiet, I want my shul to be, a, of course, the quorum in shul. I can have the quietest shul. I have talkers that were in my shul. Today they dafted. Today, when the shul members have been there for many years, there's only beautiful prayer. Some of the biggest talkers are talking to Hashem today. It's quiet. When guests come, there's talking, and I only say shah to the shatterers. And I want, of course, I want the quarter, but I want prayer. I want people to know Hashem loves you and cares about you. Why is he quiet? Because he's talking to God. Why is he quiet? Because Hashem's on I'm an important dialogue right now. And I want a person to know that I'm an important dialogue right now, Hashem. So keep in mind what we want. No chutzpah can end up being no relationship. You can have kids that are not chutzpah, they and don't express, don't share with us. They may share it along the way, and of course, then there's a process of something. There's a process of something. People walk into a shul, Of course, we want slowly, slowly. Of course, there's a process. We're no talkers here. How many people have been rejected, thrown out, and don't become a talker to Hashem in a no-talker zone? Keep in mind what we want. It's very dangerous in many areas, or out of time. In many areas, it's dangerous when we lose focus of what we want, very dangerous. We end up a small picture losing out on the real deal. We pray the wolf pack should win, and forget what we want is them to be winners. Pray for that. I asked my mom, she davens for the guys. She davens they should feel like winners. If it's through winning or even in defeat, but they feel like winners, that's worthy of prayer. So always define what you want. We can end up shooting for things that are not deeply what we want. We want relationship to Hashem. We want people that are vibrant and happy and soaring and connected and are, are, are tapped into something meaningful, stay focused on that. Because often in our want for a detail, we forget the bigger picture. Keep in mind it's not chutzpah that you're fighting. You actually want relationship. Of course, a relationship and respect. It's not silent you want by prayer. It's prayer you want by prayer warmth, a feeling of I count and I matter. It's not no cursing you want. You want the good feelings of somebody who's not a cursor. Keep in mind what we want. Very important to identify. All of us should be zeicha. All of us should be zeichah to tap into the beauty of Yiddish kind of Hashem and his Torah and to be able to see after the with understanding, with love, with patience to share that which we tapped into. All of us should be Akiel, the Sham Rubinayeh Yisrael, as a beautifully attached to Hashem Shabbos, lasses the ensuring that generations of our children are loyal to Shabbos. Thank you so much. Good night.